Have you ever read the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? I love this book because I think all of us can relate to Alexander. It seems that nothing is going right for him and he can only see his circumstances through a negative lens where he's the victim to everyone and everything. He repeatedly tells his friends, family, and teachers that he's having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, and he thinks he'll move to Australia. I guess he figures that's far enough away that none of his problems will follow him there. Then at the very end of his day, he tells us, my mother says some days are like that even in Australia. Today, I'm not exactly having an Alexander type of day, but I am feeling really down. I honestly feel depressed, and I want to share with you how I'm processing those emotions, and it does not involve moving to the other side of the world. Welcome to Art That Overcomes, where we are redefining identity after narcissistic abuse. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an artist, licensed art therapist, and coach who helps women like you overcome the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. It's the anxiety, self-doubt, and lack of confidence that can keep us stuck even long after the abusive relationship has ended. Together, we are redefining our identities, one drawing or painting at a time, because it's your turn to take charge now, no narcissists allowed. I teach all my clients the same art and writing technique that's been so life-changing in my own recovery. It allows us to connect our thinking brain to our feeling brain and, quite literally, draw out the subconscious thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that need to be heard. In each episode, I'll share a piece of my artwork along with the free association writing I did in response to the image. Then at the end, you'll get a little bit of encouragement from your future self as I invite you to join me in imagining what message she may have for you today. This is real, raw, and vulnerable because in my experience, that's what it takes to truly heal. Let's get to it. Sometimes we have really specific triggers that bring on big mood shifts like my depressed mood today. Sometimes it's related to hormonal cycles and sometimes it just is. Today I woke up with a day completely to myself, which is something I typically really enjoy, but I didn't feel motivated to do anything. I stayed in bed way longer than usual, but it didn't feel restful. It felt more avoidant than anything else. I didn't feel motivated to get up and engage with my day and check off my to-do list or even do anything fun. I felt like I just needed space. And I did allow myself that space for a time. Like I said, I stayed in bed for a while. Then I got up and I showered and ate and made myself sit down to journal. I made myself acknowledge and think about my feelings. I talked about this on last week's podcast episode, how we need to feel and acknowledge the uncomfortable and unwanted emotions that arise then open our awareness to information from, you know, outside sources that can help us or inspire us, then do something to process our emotions, and finally take one more tangible action from there. Something great I noticed today is that I found myself in the midst of this process without even thinking about it. 
you know, even um, in my depressed state, I knew what I needed to do. And once I got started, the rest just sort of fell into place. I think that's the power of having a good habit or routine, right? It becomes somewhat automatic after a while. So I sat and I journaled. Um, Then I read and listened to some inspiring things. Um, I had a couple of errands to run and I chose to continue listening to an encouraging podcast while I did that. Then I had planned to sit down and to plan out a podcast episode for you all about the topic of codependency. And I promise I will get to that in the future. But today I just wasn't feeling it. I knew I needed to make some art to express and process my emotions. And I figured that's what I'll talk to you about today. So I dug out a sketchbook and crayons that I keep at home, but I don't really use them often uh, since most of my art making time takes place at my studio. Um, But I dug those out. I've got those there in case of a, I guess, sort of an emergency when I need to process this stuff at home. So first I opened up the sketchbook before I started to draw and just started flipping through some old drawings and journal entries. So that was like another phase of being encouraged, like earlier when I was reading and listening to encouraging things. And I saw how I've struggled with some of these same strong emotions in the past and how I have felt inspired, encouraged, and motivated to move forward in spite of them. So that was important to stop and do. Um, Then when I decided to start drawing, I first started with just a black ballpoint pen. It was the pen that I had there to do my writing after the drawing, but I thought I wanted to draw with it first. And literally, as soon as the pen hit the paper, I started crying. And I often have clients ask me if it's normal to cry when they're making art, and my answer is always yes. And that doesn't mean if you're not crying that you're not normal. But what I mean is, you know... So, okay, sometimes this has to do with the media we choose. Like, for example, fluid media like paint or water-based clay tends to be more emotive, like it brings out our emotions and gets us in touch with them. But often it's just because we actually took a minute to sit with ourselves and feel. That's what brings up the tears because we're feeling our feelings instead of constantly trying to control our emotions or plow right ahead with life. Sometimes we do have to suck it up for a while, right? And go to work or in the case, you know, today I had to run some errands, but we eventually need to sit and just allow ourselves to feel. So it makes sense that when we finally give ourselves that space, that that tears are going to come. And I think that's what it was for me today. So I started drawing first some wavy lines with the pen and I didn't have any sort of plan in mind. Just as I was crying, I was following my intuition and drew what felt right. And those wavy lines began to form a steep diagonal. And as I made it longer and longer, slanted across the page, I became aware that the way the line plummeted down to the left represented my low mood. And the way it rose to the right represented the hill or mountain I felt I had to climb in order to feel better. Now that alone was so therapeutic for me, just that acknowledgement, that simple line. You know, this doesn't have to be complicated, my friends. I was literally sitting on my couch, crying with a cheap ballpoint pen in my hand and a five-year-old sketchbook sitting in my lap. And I had my jumbo crayons next to me on the end table. You know, nothing fancy here, but the process was still so impactful. So then as I continued to draw, I formed a sort of oval shape at the bottom of the page underneath my steep mountainous line. 
And instantly I connected with this space and felt like this is where I am in the image. I was not only down at the bottom of the hill, like at the bottom of that line, but I was under this big hill or mountain shape that I'd formed. I felt like I was crouched there under a massive weight. Next, I got out my black jumbo crayon because that's just what felt right. Black sounds pretty good for depression, doesn't it? That's, that's what I connected with. So I took my time filling in the mountain shape with, with the black crayon with really solid black. I really got my body into it, engaging my muscles as I colored hard onto the page. Then I looked in my box of crayons again and the pink stood out to me. Now I questioned this choice for a moment because it didn't fit with my depressed theme, but then I gave it a second glance and just knew that it felt right for some reason. And then I realized it was the color that belonged in the oval space at the bottom where I felt like I was. In the moment, as I started to use the pink, I already felt that this represented a goodness, like a feeling of happiness, joy, and light that I was holding but couldn't release and truly feel. Next, I felt drawn to the red crayon to fill in a space that was between the pink space where I was and the sort of entrance or exit um, of, this, of this space below the blackness. Now red typically represents pain in my artwork and today that was the case too. Um, and as I was using the red, I knew that this red was the pain I need to feel and continue to be disciplined in moving through in order to make it out of this place of hiding. I often stick to abstract shapes and images in my work, but with this, the next step that I felt I needed was to create a representational form of myself in this, this pink oval. So I picked up my pen again and I drew a female figure crouched within that pink area. I added lines with the pen after that that moved outward from the space where she hid up and out flowing over the mountainous slant. And as I was beginning to draw the lines, I became aware that the image looked very much like, to me, like a diagram of a fetus, a baby, in the womb getting ready to travel out of the birth canal. Now granted, this is not an anatomically correct drawing by any means, but the symbolism was really undeniable and it was perfect for what I was feeling and needed to express. You know, it's crazy. Even after going through this process of the spontaneous art making and the responsive writing so many times over the years, it never ceases to amaze me how the perfect message always finds a way to emerge from my subconscious brain. There's so much that I'm working on right now in so many areas of my life, you know, like career, finances, motherhood, health, spirituality, like everything. And I deeply feel that some amazing things are being birthed in me during this season of life. So it was just the perfect metaphor. I decided then to add pink to the lines coming forth from this weird symbolic birth canal, then yellow and orange. These are all colors that feel happy, warm, vibrant, and energetic to me. Then lastly, I added the yellow and orange to my figure as well. So all that warmth and light is coming from her. She's just got to find the strength to access it. As always, if you want to check out the images of today's drawing, head over to Art That Overcomes on Instagram, or if you're on my email list, check your inbox. To sign up for my emails and anything else you need, just go to the link in the show notes. 
Now I'd like to read for you the free association responsive writing I did after completing this drawing. I had already gotten so much insight about the drawing and about myself while I was making it, but I'm so glad I went ahead and did the writing too. I started to draw my feelings of depression. It felt like a heavy weight, a black mountain that I'm trapped underneath. I ask, can I really get out? Is it all in my head? The answer that came was, I can, but not yet. Then I wrote, the pink just felt right, even though I don't like pink. It jumped out of the box, bright and happy and alive and the opposite of the black heaviness on my back. It's held back, the pink, the yellow and orange, held by the pain of the red. I have to go through the pain. No surprise, right? Seems like the same message over and over again, but I don't get it. I feel embarrassed to be here again, under the weight of it all. I feel I need relief and joy and wisdom and more time than I have to sort through everything, but then it all comes so heavy and so fast, and I shut down and own you and me and want to control things and muster the strength to stand alone, but that's not ever the answer. I ask, can I really get out like the lines and colors tell me I can? It answers, you've done it so many times before. You've come out and flourished and today is no different, but sit there now and hold her in the pink safe place. It is safe there, you know. It's safe to sit and feel and come out a little at a time, like pregnancy, gestation, giving birth. She comes out so alive every time. Then I ask my female figure directly, why are you here again? She says, because I need to be, I guess. I'm so frustrated that I'm here, in there, but I know you need me to bring you out. It looks so great on the outside. Something that immediately came to my mind as I was working on this drawing and pondering the birth images that were emerging was a passage of scripture in the Bible from the book of Romans chapter 8. It talks about how all of creation, all of humanity are currently groaning as in the pains of childbirth, longing for our eternal home with Christ. We experience so much pain and suffering in this life, and many of us have an inherent sense that this doesn't feel right, like this isn't how life is supposed to be, and we long for relief. For me as a Christian, I long for that day when I'll experience eternity with my Creator, free from the pain and suffering I endure here on earth. Now, that's not to say that I want to die anytime soon, but a longing for that relief, I think it's natural. And whether you share my beliefs about the afterlife or not, I think the symbolism here still rings true. You know, the pain of childbirth, this isn't just any normal kind of pain. And I don't just say that because it's a particularly excruciating pain, although it is. But if you think about pain caused by injury or sickness, it's a signal to the body that something is wrong and something needs to be healed. If I break my arm, for example, the pain screams at me that something is wrong, broken, and in need of repair. So I would go to the hospital, maybe have surgery and get a cast. Then after a time, the bone heals and my arm is back to normal for the most part. 
the end result of that process is a return to normalcy, maybe with a few scars or lingering symptoms. And that's how much of our journey of trauma healing is experienced. We need to work through a tremendous amount of pain to get to the other side where we can feel a sense of normalcy, stability, security, and contentment. But in the case of childbirth and the symbolism in my drawing today, the pain leads to something so much greater. That excruciating pain leads to a miracle. It leads to a new life, a totally new human. In that sense, the pain is even more worth it to endure. As I said earlier, I feel that so many new and wonderful things are being birthed metaphorically in my life right now. And my job is to endure, to keep feeling and to keep taking action because the reward on the other side is even greater than a healed heart or mind or body. It's new life. It's a new way of living and being and interacting in this world. Before we move on to imagine what message your future self might have for you today, I want to let you know how you can join me in this process of using art to redefine your identity. So it was after experiencing the power of this art and writing process myself that I decided to reverse engineer it to create a step-by-step program that you can follow too. I get so excited about this. I call it the redefined process because we're all about redefining, right? And it's all included, this whole process, in my monthly Redefined membership, along with so much more. You're also going to get access to weekly coaching calls, community chat with other overcomers just like you. You'll have the option to schedule a one-on-one coaching session with me if you need more support, and lots of other additional courses also included. Just search for Redefined by Jennifer Kramer in your app store or go to the link in the show notes to view the web-based version. I can't wait to see you there. A message from your future self. You sometimes wonder if the pain is worth it. You're curious how this all turns out in the end. Will you ever feel as good as you want to feel? Are the trauma symptoms ever going to subside? When will you feel some relief, like you can finally come up for air? I see you. I know you. I feel these feelings inside you. And I want you to know that, yes, it is worth it to keep moving, to keep feeling, to endure. I wish I could hug you and hold you now and reassure you that, yes, with an emphatic, resounding yes, this does work out. And you will understand someday what all this suffering meant. You will understand that the anxiety led to freedom. The insecurity led to confidence. All those sleepless nights led to a greater joy. You will see that my compassion came from your pain. My clear direction and self-assuredness came from your willingness to wrestle with worry. And my beautiful, creative, and contented life came out of the risks you were willing to take. So please move forward. Fight if you must. Scream if you need to. I'll be here on the other side. 
Thanks for listening in today. In this journey of healing after narcissistic abuse, it's so important that we allow space for our past, present, and future selves to speak. Today, you've gotten a glimpse into some messages I received from different parts of my subconscious brain that just needed to be heard, along with an encouraging message from an imagined future version of you. I hope there was something that resonated with you here and that you'll take it along with you on your own healing journey. Remember, you are an overcomer.